Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following is a commercial program paid for by the Duncan Duo at Remax Dynamic. The opinions, viewpoints, and promises made during the following program are not those of WFLA AM, its staff, management, or parent company, iHeartMedia Incorporated. If you're looking for real estate help, you've come to the right place. The official real estate agents of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Tune in for the next hour with my buddy Andrew Duncan on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Happy Sunday, Tampa Bay. We're with you for another week to talk about the Tampa Bay real estate market uh, here on the Duncan Duo Show. I'm Andrew Duncan, joined by Robert Johnson, president of the Duncan Duo team, and Mike Yates with Atlantic Bay Mortgage. When we aren't on air, make sure to follow us on all of our social channels. We are at the Duncan Duo. Follow us on social media this week, and if you see any of our new billboards, we're going to put a contest up on social media about our billboards, so make sure to follow that. If you want a chance to win some Tampa Bay Lightning signed memorabilia, follow all of our socials this week, again, at The Duncan Duo, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and it will involve something with our new billboards, which is still just really weird for me. Driving up and down Del Mabry and seeing my face like it part of me is like excited because it's like cool and you know, I know that it's gonna be great for our business. And then part of it's just just weird, you know, when you see your face on the side of a of, of a building or, you know, on a billboard. I, I wonder what it's like for other heavy advertisers uh, that go through the same thing. Uh, but but nonetheless, we're gonna have a social media contest around our billboards this week. So again, uh, make sure to follow us on all of our uh, all of our socials. I, so I still think, uh, and I don't know if you guys remember, I sent you a, a picture of a billboard that I saw up in Virginia when around the Christmas time. The guy dressed up as a cowboy. Oh, trust me, it's you getting there. To, you need to do that one. Yeah, yeah, so. it's getting I feel there. like he's already in costume because he's in like a tie. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in shirt. costume already. Yeah, because I don't wear ties. Like I wear ties for TV commercials, billboards, and that's about right. It. And then really, you know, really high end social events that we go to, like Steve and Julie Weintraub do the Dancing with the Stars, and I'll dra- I'll put a, a suit on for that. Um, you know, so I'll, like I said, I'll, I'll occasionally throw on a tie, but but it's definitely uh, rare. So. So, you know, there, there was a, a study done not long ago that talked about how um, how real estate values were impacted by how close they were to uh, certain types of restaurants. And, and, and they based it on a lot of data uh, that had, you know, research that had been done by Zillow to determine proximity to, uh, to restaurants. So today what I wanted to talk about is which restaurant do you guys think uh, brings more value to a neighborhood, PDQ or Chick-fil-A? And I just did that. I just threw a curveball to you. We had we had PDQ today. They brought uh, PDQ into the iHeart Studios, and uh, their their food is excellent. And Chick Fil A obviously has got a great reputation, and they're they're generally close to each other. I think a lot of times their their real estate people are probably pretty smart. But the reason I bring it up is because you know big franchise systems and corporations like that have real estate analysts that do nothing but. Research real estate values, up and coming neighborhoods all day long. It's all of what they do. So it's actually a really good indicator of real estate success. And if you look at where each of them has put stores, 
uh, especially here in you know Metro Tampa, each of them have put stores in areas where it seems like the real estate is doing really well and is is in growth mode. And and so um, you know obviously some of this could come into you know which chicken do you like more? Right. Um, but but nonetheless, the retailers and and establishments and restaurants that come into an area have a big impact. Um, and, and I think on the same token, uh, you saw Chick-fil-A come into the to the Gandhi corridor a few years ago. You had, you know, at uh, Gandhi and Del Mabry, there was really nothing there. So everything south of Gandhi didn't have, um, you know, a lot of um, a lot of food opportunities. And now uh, that area seems to be doing extremely well. Values are growing. And of course, uh, more commercial development comes. And and uh, I think sometimes those anchor anchor businesses have a big impact on it so yates what's your flavor you got you got pdq or chick-fil-a i like chick-fil-a better um (laughs) (laughs) i like pdq as well you know myself i had never heard or seen a pdq until i moved to florida so i don't know you guys would know this better than me if it's just like a regional brand Uh, they're brand new yeah they're brand new okay but what, P- PDQ? Yeah, would, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they're a newer brand. Yeah, they're a newer brand. And they were started by the guys that started out, some of the guys that were involved in starting out back, um, who, um, you know, back in the day, we actually uh, helped sell some condo units in a building that those same guys, uh, you know, developed. But nonetheless, um, you know, there, there's a constant battle between PDQ and Chick-fil-A. Uh, we, we were sampling the PDQ today and talking about how great it was. And I, I was envisioning myself going to lunch at Chick-fil-A today. So both of them have mind space for me. Um, but, but um, you know, Robert, what are your thoughts on that? Retailers, businesses, corporate, stuff like that does have a big impact. And, and I think, again, you know, restaurants like that that attract a lot of business are attractive uh, to live close to. Yeah, I think that there's almost two different things with it. I think if they're going in an area that's continuing to develop or just starting development, it's a good indication that, you know, if you want to invest in that area and new construction, that it's probably a great area to invest in because usually once one commercial business comes in or, you know, something like that, it's a continued investment. And, you know, the subdivisions that are closest to that are usually the ones that are more desirable and of course there's offshoots of that that aren't necessarily true but i also think if if you see stuff like that going into an area that's already established that it means a lot of times that the area is continuing on an upward swing that it's still getting investment and that it's highly desirable you know to to own real estate there because a lot of these companies own that real estate and don't don't rent them um but actually i was going to say Separate from PDQ and Chick-fil-A, one of the most hardcore real estate companies is actually McDonald's. Yeah, McDonald's, they're, especially their local uh, ownership, some of the people that I've met through um, you know, their, their organization, re, you know, the real estate values are, are just as, as important to them as selling sandwiches. Yeah, so they're actually, and if you read, if you read some of the books, the Casper you know, Fast Company Food Nation, locally. Yeah. yeah, so they're, they're ba- their basic thing is we're, we're a real estate company that sells fast food. Yeah. I mean, that's that's where they're getting a lot of their long-term investment from. Yep. So we, especially when you see a company like McDonald's coming in, it t- took so much for them to pick that site. And they're actually super, super, super selective on where they pick sites. Yep. Um, that's always a good sign. And so, I know, you know, it's interesting. I bring both of both of the, you know, the PDQ and the Chick-fil-A up. And, and it's probably because we're partial, um, you know, because we've had business experiences with um, people involved on, in both of those organizations. So Chick-fil-A, for example, we are, uh, you know, the owner of the uh, stadium store is a customer of ours, worked with Grant Holcomb, who's our director of buyer services. And uh, I'm, I'm in there, you know, pretty regularly. 
Um, and and then obviously some of the PDQ people were heavy real estate developers back in the day, and we had some interactions with them. So you know, just seeing you know just having an interaction with some of the um, you know the ownership group, and then the the owner at, at the Gandhi store I see and and, and talk to regularly, <coughs> and he does a lot of great things with you know the community and his church, and 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 so you know I just I love both of those organizations. It's interesting that they're competitors, but the reality is is that I don't know if they truly your competitors because I think they can both generate enough. I think, you know, if you're a customer of one, you, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you won't be a customer of the other. It just means that you're going to probably eat more chicken. You know, I, I feel like I eat chicken every single day. You know? I would tell you that as far as real estate investing with those two companies, and I'm not super familiar with PDQ, but I do know it's more of a franchise model Correct. where people go in and they invest and then they just open a store. Um, and again, I could have the details wrong. And and, and Chick-fil-A is a franchise too, but it's a little it's, bit more corporate involved. To, well, it's totally yeah. different. Yeah, it's, cor- owner, it's very much yeah. like the owner has a, 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 some leeway, but it's really more corporate control. Yeah, so corporate, it's an owner-operator kind of thing. So it, they're partners, but corporate controls all all the store locations. I mean, corporate kind of controls everything with Chick-fil-A. The owner operators just go in and are almost placed there. So it, it's a totally different model. The, you know, they're they're not helping Chick-fil-A um, pick that site or anything. That's all corporate decisions and they're just partners with them to run and own the store. So it's I would say for real estate investing and if you're looking for a large, large, large company that is doing a lot of their own research and trusting their own people that are full time employed to do that, I would say it's Chick-fil-A definitely. Yeah. So so you know, but, but I think the key to the conversation about bringing up PDQ and Chick-fil-A is really related to real estate value. So if you're someone who's really nervous about you know buying a house, um, you know I think buying something close to those staple retailers. Starbucks is another big one. Um, buying close to a Starbucks, it, it just you know historically real estate values hold closer because again that's something that people, certain people, not everybody. I mean, look, there's Starbucks fans or Dunkin' Donut fans. There's you know there there's a lot of different fans of coffee and donuts and all that but but the people that are fans of that brand want to be really close to it they want to be a couple minute drive away and uh, that that extra demand in those areas helps uh, justify value so, similar to schools you know people want to be close to great schools and 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 so um, you know not really similar to schools I think schools have a more important value proposition than Starbucks, but the real estate proximity to those locations has has a big impact. Um, and 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 we've talked so many times. Real estate is all about location, um, and not just the location of the real estate, but the location of what is around the real estate. You know, whether it's um, you know you know whether you're close to a busy road, whether you're close to the water, whether you're close to uh, you know a Target or a Walmart, or whether you're close to a PDQ or a Chick Fil A. Um, you know, real estate is is all about you know location has I mean a major impact and and we've talked about this before. You can have homes in Tampa that are within blocks of each other and be the same home and be ten to twenty percent different in value. Um, you know, you get over close to uh, Bayshore in South Tampa, and the closer you get to Bayshore, the the shorter the walk to Bayshore, the more valuable it gets to the point where if you get a view of Bayshore and the water. It's even more valuable real estate. So, um, you know, it, it's why, you know, Robert, I'm sure you deal with this. A lot of times we meet with sellers and they have a misconception on value because they don't comp. They look, oh, well, that house is a third of a mile away from me and it's sold for this. Why shouldn't mine? 
but the, the location of the other property is so much more desirable. Well, and we run into that with sellers. I mean, even some appraisers that aren't familiar with the area, I mean, you see that they come in and make that mistake. So, you know, it really takes somebody really knowing their neighborhood and, and a professional to come in and tell you what they see as far as market value and and. It's not all about price per square foot. I mean, right. uh, it's not. not. It, and, and again, proximity to the school. Prox, you know, let's face it. Proximity to a toxic neighbor. Uh, somebody's got a junkyard in the in the in the driveway. I've owned real estate with junkyards behind it. In other words, they got five or six cars in the backyard in a nice neighborhood, and that that's going to hurt you. You know, and and so you know, it's 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 not just the house's location, but it's also the location of of what's around it. So again, you're listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show here on 970 WFLA. When we aren't on air, make sure to follow us on all of our socials. Uh, we'll put up YouTube videos of uh, today's show. Um, you know, we we're constantly putting stuff up on our YouTube, which is youtube.com backslash the Duncan Duo. Robert and I just recorded a video Yates this week about uh, the importance of working with a local lender. Uh, versus just going with online lenders. And we talked about that on the show right. last week, too. So, um, you know, great topics, great uh, informative stuff on our YouTube channel. So if you're a real estate junkie, if you love learning about real estate, if you're an agent just looking to, to know more about what's going on, whatever it is, youtube.com backslash The Duncan Duo. We're constantly putting videos up on that page. Everybody we'll back. We're going to continue our conversation about the Tampa Bay real estate market after a quick break here on The Duncan Duo Show. Tampa Bay, if you want to know what's going on in the real estate market, tune in right here on Sundays at 10 a.m. on 970 WFLA for the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. Back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the local real estate market. And uh, there was an article out this week that we're not going to talk about that talked about eight things in your bedroom that can scare away buyers. I'm sure you can probably figure out and put two and two together why we're not going to talk about it on air. But uh, it, it was just kind of interesting. So, you know, as we were coming back from break here, we're, we're having a hard time holding our laughs in. Uh, but next we want to talk about you know, sto- horror stories gone wrong with fixer upper houses. Let's say you fell in love with a fixer upper and you want to buy a fixer upper. What can go wrong? And I'll tell you what can go wrong. Everything. Just about everything, right? I mean, we've all seen it. We've seen buyers buy the fixer upper and it's more than they thought it was going to be. I've bought the fixer upper personally and realized it was more than I thought it was going to be. And that I, that I thought I was going to be able to, you know, renovate it, deal with the the chaos. And then you got the contractors in there. The To me, the best play, the best situation for a fixer-upper is someone buying it that's going to renovate it and not live in it. Um, if you're living in the fixer-upper, it's, it's a lot of chaos. Um, but we had this a lot more, right, Robert? We had this a lot more with the foreclosures. I mean, there's not as many fixer-uppers out there today as there was, you know, five years ago. Yeah, I mean, in the foreclosure crisis that happened for so long. I mean, if you'd be working with a buyer, and of course, I mean, I bought a foreclosure at the time too. I mean, you'd never have property history about the property. I mean, you could go in and (laughs) it could have all these undisclosed issues and half the house could be sinking. And of course, that's why you always ask for an inspection. But hey, inspectors can make uh, make mistakes and they can't see everything either. Um, And sometimes you don't get into the nitty gritty of that kind of stuff until you open up the walls and figure out what's what exactly is going on with the house? And I mean, even even HGTV, which is the the wonderful, perfect, beautiful, yeah, sunshine rainbows. Great. Yeah, I mean, that happens to people on there, and it makes exactly. great TV. I mean, once they open up the walls and all that, there's always major issues on almost every one of those things that they have to overcome and they have to fix. Yeah, it's funny. We uh, we did a uh, there's a video up on our YouTube channel now that we talked about last week is the mistakes that can go wrong when you flip your first house. A lot of the same things apply to this when you're buying a fixer-upper because, you know, essentially if you're buying a house to flip it, you're buying a, buying a fixer-upper. But 
some other things that, that, you know, just to keep in mind, if you are looking at a house that's a fixer upper and you can visibly see stuff that's wrong, um, guess what? There's more than just what you can see wrong. You know, it's, if you can see stuff, the stuff you can't see, it's probably, you know, not maintained too. And Mike, how many, how many obstacles and challenges can fixer uppers cause with mortgages? Oh, tons, tons, especially the condition of the home, you know, is always the big one in overcoming any kind of appraisal issues. Yeah, because a lot of those condition issues have to be uh, rectified in order to get it to closing. And the buyer may not have the money or the means or the financial options to get that taken care of. And the seller is in a situation where they're in distress. They don't have the money either. Right. So buying a fixer-upper and getting a mortgage, you know, there are loans out there where you can get repairs lumped in. But they're generally probably a little more complicated, can sometimes be more expensive. Yeah, there's there's more work involved with those different rehab loans. Uh, rates are generally a little bit higher than they are on, you know, just your standard loans. But, you know, what I tell a lot of people, especially agents, you know, hey, is this is this older roof going to be an issue for FHA loans, for instance? Maybe, maybe not. It depends on what the appraisal says. But generally speaking, the bigger issue is, you know, can the home get homeowners insurance? Yeah, and we talked to An- we, we've then, talked to Angela with We Insure about that before. And, and that, that obviously the ability to get homeowners insurance, but not just the ability to, cause she's said before that she can get insurance on just about anything. Right. The question just becomes how much you're going to pay for affordability. It. Because right. if you, it, because if you, the more issues a house has, the more exceptions and the more expensive that policy gets. So it's, it's not as if you can't get it. It's, can you get it and still qualify? Cause your thousand dollar typical, maybe your $1,200 insurance policy becomes 2500 now and maybe that crushes the debt to income for the person you right know, there's a and lot I've, of challenges i've talked with angela up. about that as well you know okay you can get a policy and we'll use the roof again but the roof has to be replaced within 30 days of closing you know right. a lot well, of sellers don't have the the ability right. to pay for a and a lot of people roof. don't want to deal with that re-inspection process right. of the house when you change insurance carriers because they're going to come out and look at stuff and they may say hey you got to do this or we're dropping you and then you got to go back to your other carrier who's going to make you do the same thing right. because now you're a new policy versus an existing. So it, it can sometimes be, uh, but, you know, there, there can be some challenges. But there. I mean, there's there's houses that, I mean, even you personally have bought, closed. I mean, those things have, you know, you uh-huh. didn't end up getting financing for them. You know, you paid for sure. them cash and, and they got insurance. But I mean, when you started opening up the house, I mean, you said, whoa, this is More too to much this. work. I'm yeah, closing this up and we, I'm going to sell it. We right. literally just had one where we were going to do an extensive rehab. And then the more that we started looking into it, the more we were like, you know what? Let's do a more moderate rehab and, and price it a little less aggressively and allow someone that uh, you know, wants to do the more extensive rehab to buy it and, and have some room to work with. And and so, because I know that some of those issues turn into other issues and then turn into other issues and then you have a, this problem. But so. the, the unfortunate thing is if somebody had bought that to live in it, they wouldn't have realized that until they got in and it became something major that they were going to have to put cash in. You know, they're right. not going to get a loan at that point to right. fix up the property yeah. I and mean, they have to lay out the cash. So some people say, oh my gosh, why do people like new construction? You know, why do they get do they get pulled into this new construction? Well, that's they one of the reasons anyway. people love yeah. new construction is because they, they don't have to deal with a lot of that stuff or a property that's already been previously rehabbed. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Yep, no doubt about it. That's so, your, your true move in, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep, so we're going to um, trend on to another topic after our break. We're going to talk about the real estate stats. We talk about them every uh, month on the show. Some exciting stuff in the Tampa and Sarasota real estate stats that we're going to share with you on the other side after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. Now we're back with the official real estate agents of the Tampa Bay Lightning and the best realtors in Tampa Bay. Andrew Duncan on the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo Show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate statistics. We talk about them every month because we want you to stay informed about what's going on. Whether you're an owner, whether you're thinking about buying, thinking about selling, no matter what it is, we want you to know what's going on in the marketplace. There's a lot of misinformation out there. There's a lot of information on national news that talks about national real estate stats, but you don't always get uh, what's going on locally, and and that's what we're going to share with you right now. Uh, the, The Tampa stats for April came out, and in April of 19, there were 3,334 sales. So to put this into perspective, we've been talking for a little bit of time about how uh, sales were dropping. Were they softening in Tampa? Was this a sign of a shift? Or was it simply that there was a lull at the end of the year because of some of the obstacles with interest rates? Was there you know, some fear going on because of political climates and different things? And uh, I'm, I'm here to share some exciting stuff with you in that we had the, the 3,334 number is the most number of sales that we've seen in April ever, ever. That's the highest number of home sales in in, in April ever. I'm actually um, really surprised by that. Yeah, so, so I think that it is um, a great sign for Tampa, a great sign that things are trending in the right direction, um, the the fear mongering that the market's going to shift and go in the other direction. I think we had a, a couple month blip on the radar, and and I don't think we're going to keep seeing record breaking months. I think a lot of the sales that rolled into April were sales that didn't end up happening in like you know December, January, February when we saw year over year drops, and they've just simply pushed into April. You also had some stuff happen that pushed closing some closings back, moved them into other months. Um, you know, so there, there's definitely, uh, you know, still a very, very healthy real estate market. So 3,334 in, uh, to put that into perspective, last April, we had 3,069. So about a 10% bump from last April, the April before that 2,823, the one before that 2,811 and a similar number in 2015 in April. So April, well, a lot of the sales that we lost in prior months where we were talking about, Hey, are we seeing some stabilization? We gained it back in April, so we we're back to seeing uh, more home sales, uh, you know, through year to date 2019 compared to 18. 
um, in Tampa. Now, are other parts of the country seeing that statistic? No, they're not. There, there's other parts of the country that aren't. In fact, when I talk about Sarasota and Manatee uh, in a minute. But the, the other part about the stats that, that I believe we're going to see is I wouldn't be surprised to see May or June uh, maybe off of last year's pace. We're going to have this up and down kind of stabilization for a while. It's not a, it's not an exact trend in another direction. It's more of a stabilization. Uh, average sale price in April was 270793 uh, Last April, it was 266000 The April before that, it was two fifty one. The April before that, it was two thirty five. So still seeing appreciation. However, from two sixty six to two seventy, not a ton of appreciation. Mm-hmm. Well, a, a couple percentage points. Less point than what half. they say is average. Correct, you know, yeah. For, so for so not, not a huge amount of appreciation. Um, last month, the average sale price of two sixty eight. This month, two seventy. So a nice little bump up uh, from there. Uh, home selling uh, on average in a couple of months, uh, 2.5 months of inventory, which is uh, the, and this is a, a little bit scary, the second lowest amount of inventory that we've recorded in the Tampa market in history. Wow. So while, interestingly enough, though, so while it's something I'm excited about, I think Robert's probably over there kind of putting two, two together, too. Um, our inventory at our company is not going that direction. We are we are dramatically listing. We are listing way more homes. Um, you know, so we're getting our unfair share. We are not seeing a drop in the number of listings that our team takes. In fact, we're seeing a dramatic growth. Um, you know, we're on pace to break a record this month for the number of homes that we've listed. So while the market is is seeing fewer listings. Uh, sellers are maybe getting a little bit more serious and, you know, they're, they're, they're calling the right real estate agents, but so, uh, you know, 2.5 months of inventory, lowest amount of inventory that we've seen, uh, you know, in a long time. Uh, but, but a sign again, that the, the whispers about fears about real estate, um, you know, aren't, aren't really there. Now, are there pockets in the market that aren't doing as well as they were a year ago? Sure. Um, you know, there, there are. Um, the, the, there, uh, and, and, and is there some impact because there were a couple of really high priced sales, uh, in the average sale price number? Yes. You know, there, there's, there's, there's some of that there. Uh, in fact, when I look at, you know, the higher end real estate market, uh, it's starting to show a little bit more struggles than, than it had a year ago. So, um, so again, uh, lots of great signs in our real estate market, a great April, uh, it'll be interesting to see how the summer goes if it goes in that same direction where we continue to see really low inventory um, and um, you know and and just you know a lot of sales. Some of it's going to hedge on interest rates. Yeah, and I actually saw something. You know, who knows what's going to happen? But there's some talks again about the Fed's cutting interest rates again. So. You know, that's always compl- a roller coaster. <laughs> I mean, know. I thought that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so one thing to keep in mind, uh, and and again, this is for folks out there that have homes, you know, really highly valuable homes, and and by that I mean, you know, million dollar, you know, plus type homes. Um, there, you know, when you hear two point five months of inventory, we we don't have two point five months of inventory of luxury homes. We have fifteen no, months of inventory, yes, and that's so that's so, what we're seeing. So, so luxury home sellers. The market is very saturated. Okay, there's a lot of you guys out there trying to take your gains, and not as many buyers out there. Uh, similarly, same thing: nine hundred to a million, ten months of inventory. Um, you know, eight hundred to nine hundred, nine point six, then eight point four below that. So again, you are in a buyer's market. 
in the higher end. But so, you know what? It really does, again, and we always say this, it really depends on the neighborhood and on the true. agent that you choose. Because I'm going to tell you. We've got million-dollar sales that we've well, sold really fast. This week, we sold, I, I mean, this week, I put a million-dollar property under contract that we only had listed for two weeks uh, in a great area in Pinellas County. Um, but again, you need to have a good strategy to do that. And I put a two hundred and thirty thousand dollar property under contract that is going to close twenty thousand over we were on the market for. Yeah, I mean, so it really just depends on your strategy. Real estate is so local, absolutely. Right. It's so local. People look at it and think, oh well, my neighbor but, that lives in Riverview got this, and I live in uh, you know Palm Harbor. But I really uh, do. It, think, that doesn't mean it'll be the same in your neighborhood. But I really do think it comes down to: Are you being realistic as a seller for the price? Because what we're seeing is when stuff's priced well and it is, it has a good marketing strategy. It's going under contract, but where yeah. they're really getting in trouble is where they're chasing and I think down the, the luxury, market. And I think the luxury market, uh, you have people that have money, they're a little bit more ambitious, maybe a little bit more ego. Uh, you know, maybe maybe they think their house is worth more than it really is because they think theirs is the best and, and they've got the cool this or the cool that. So they think it's worth what that cost and it's really not. Uh, so Sarasota, similar, 15 months of inventory above a million dollars. However... Their uh, high end market in terms of uh, ten plus months of inventory for them starts at six hundred, so uh, six hundred wow. and above in Sarasota has ten plus ten plus months of inventory. Now a lot of healthy uh, activity in their mid level price ranges where it's three and four and five months of inventory, but you get into the upper end again, same thing. You have a you have too many home sellers wanting to take their gain and not enough home buyers willing to pay the price. Or the premium that some people are asking. I mean, I'll see a house and say, how how could you know the, the home down the street? It's very comparable, sold for two point five. How can they think theirs is worth three point two? You know, and 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 so you 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 do have that struggle. Um, and and so I think that uh, the the luxury market is uh, softer uh, in Tampa Bay, and and I think it'll probably trend uh, in that direction as more home sellers see. The equity, the, the 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 appreciation, and say, oh, I'm going to take my gain. So uh, Sarasota stats going into them uh, in a little bit more uh, detail. So um, 1,691 sales um, in Sarasota in April, uh, and uh, similarly, uh, April in Sarasota, very 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 strong. We we had a we've had a, a run in Sarasota where you had you know four or five months in a row of year over year decrease. In number of home sales and decrease in average sale prices. Is is this Sarasota Manatee? Yeah, County? Sarasota okay. Manatee. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 1,691 sales in April. Last April, 1,686. Not really much different. Really Pretty much flat line. Yeah. Same thing, uh, you know, same thing as last year. But better than the, the last several Aprils prior to that. Uh, average sale price, 389. Uh, the, that's the highest average sale price for the year. January it was 387. February 378, March 367. So in April, it was 389, but last April, 402. So we're not seeing the same things in Sarasota Manatee that we saw in Tampa. We didn't gain all of those sales back. We didn't have some huge surge in April like like Tampa did. You're still seeing that, uh, you know, kind of stabilization or, you know, each month you either have the number of home sales drop. Or the average price point, or the average sale price, the the depreciation kind of coming in. So the market in Sarasota Manatee is is more uh, trending in a weakening direction, but still stabilizing. No drastic real estate doesn't move like the stock market. It's not going to lose 
you know, two percentage points in a day. I mean, it's very, very slow moving. Uh, another thing to keep in mind, 4.1 months of inventory in Sarasota Manatee. We had nine in January. So that, you know, you're starting to see that, uh, you know, that seasonality come into play, um, you know, and, and buyers jump back into the market. And again, interest rates, uh, a major part of that. But nonetheless, uh, the same things in Tampa are not happening in Sarasota Manatee. They're still seeing some signs of kind of the, the stabilization. And they're still off from last year. If you were to compare uh, the number of home sales last year to the number of home sales this year, they're off about 10% total year to date from January to the end of April this year to January to the end of April last year. And prices are down too. Last January, February, March, April, Sarasota Manatee average price is 407, 401, 393, 402. This year, 387, 378, 367, 389. We haven't had a month above 400 last year. Uh, three of the first four months of the year were. So, uh, you know, again, lots of changes, things to pay attention to. Uh, the the high-end market I was going to say, more. I honestly think that just goes back to the high-end market. I mean, you're kind of seeing softening of that all over the place. And in Sarasota, Correct. where so much of the market is, is high-end, it, it really it does pull it. things out. Yeah, you can no have question. one or two high-end sales that totally throw off that average number. Correct. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, so again, you're listening to the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show. We're going to wrap up our last segment. We're going to talk more. Uh, with Mike Yates from Atlanta Pay Mortgage, Robert Johnson from the Duncan Duo team. I'm Andrew Duncan. Make sure to follow us at the Duncan Duo, all of our social channels. This week, we're going to do some really cool contests. So if you are a Tampa Bay Lightning fan, hey, look, you still got to support the team, even though that they, even though they turned in a turd uh, in the in the playoffs. You still got to support them. Uh, we're going to have some cool giveaways with Tampa Bay Lightning stuff this week as it relates to our billboards that you're going to see popping up all over Tampa Bay. Um, so uh, pretty cool contest that we'll have. So follow us on all of our social channels if you want a chance, if you're a Lightning fan and you want some a chance at some signed memorabilia. So we'll be back to talk about um, Tampa Bay real estate with our last segment after a quick break here on the Duncan Duo Show. Hey, back with Andrew hosting the Duncan Duo Real Estate Show on 970 AM WFLA. The real estate expert in Tampa, Andrew Duncan of the Duncan Duo, 10 a.m. on 970 WFLA. So we're back here on the Duncan Duo show talking about the Tampa Bay real estate market. And so if you're out there thinking about buying a condo, you might have looked into it and might have run into challenges with financing. Um, or you might have learned that to buy a condo, you got to put more money down. Uh, have a higher down payment than you might have to in another property. And so Mike Yates, Atlantic Bay Mortgage, with us to talk about this. And Mike, FHA is working on a plan to approve more condo mortgages so more condos could go FHA. But for a lot of buyers out there, uh, they don't understand the the complications of buying a condo or a single-family home and how that can have an impact on the financial uh, obligations. Right. So condo financing is is a whole different animal, and I tell people that all the time, especially with out-of-town buyers. Um, you know, they may not know how condos are treated, and they're treated differently in Florida than they are in other states. So most lenders, for instance, like Atlantic Bay, we're a Fannie, for conventional loans, we'll, we'll go there a Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac approved lender, meaning we lend off of their guidelines. In most parts of the country, you can do a 15% down payment and get what's called a um, limited review on the condo, meaning, uh, you know, unless there's some major red flag somewhere, it's essentially treated just like a, a regular single family purchase. Pretty easy. Um, in the state of Florida, that number for limited review is 25% down for a primary residence. So, you know, that doesn't mean that you can't get a conventional loan with less than 25% down. It's just that 25% makes the entire process 
easier. Uh, it, it's a lot easier for financing. And and I think again, what people don't understand is they're you're not just qualified. They're not the bank isn't just qualifying or the mortgage company whatever isn't just qualifying you. They're qualifying right. the condo association and the financials of the condo association. Right, exactly. And that gets, let me tell you, that gets really confusing, especially for things like condo or, excuse me, townhomes that it looks like a townhome, but right. it's classified as a condo. Yes. I've sold some of those before, and everyone <laughs> considers it a townhome, but that's really just visually. Right. So it's actually classified as a condo and the bank comes in and they want to get their HOA financials and a whole bunch of other stuff. And this might be only a, a four or six unit complex. Right, and I mean, exactly. so, man, so, it gets so a uh, quick little ninja tip out there for people that want to know the difference between a condo and a townhome and how to tell. When you look at the property, look at the legal description. If it says Correct. anything like undivided interest in con- common elements or percentage interest in any common elements, if it says common elements in it, it's condo. If it says a uh, lot or block, townhouse. Because you own the land with the townhouse, with the condo you do not own any land. With the townhome you own the it's fee simple you own the land underneath. Uh, unit, uh, w- the word unit without um, uh, the word uh, undivided interest, undivided common interest is also an indicator too. You'll see uh, townhouses that are such and such subdivision unit twelve. That can also be uh, so. So the key indicator is undivided interest in common elements. Uh, that kind of language, something about common elements in the legal description, condo, uh, without that, very likely townhome. But one of the reasons in the crisis that happened that a whole bunch of places lost their ability to be financed was because the financials of the condo association was in, in complete shambles. So Correct. that in Florida, I would and, assume that's one of the reasons And the financials, why. it's also it delinquency. And, right. the, and it's a number of tenant-occupied units in, right. in the complex that can have an impact on financing. So, without the ability to get FHA financing, you got a higher down payment. And right. and sometimes, you know, FHA wants to change that because they feel like millennials are prime for a lot of condo communities, but they don't have the the money down to either qualify or to avoid playing PMI. And then the PMI bumps it up too much to where they decide not to do it. So a lot of condos get get harmed and don't do as well. Because of the you know inability to get uh, lower down payment financing. Yeah, and I, I hope that FHA does make it a lot easier, just because it opens up so many doors for so many buyers that can't meet uh, a down payment requirement. You know, even if they want to go conventional and we have to do a full condo approval with five percent down, you know, unfortunately some buyers still can't do a five percent down payment. So, hopefully, having that lower down payment option will will open some things up. I will, um, you know, kind of caution everyone as well. Um, FHA, they do their own approvals on yep. condos. It can take 30 plus days just to hear back. To oh see yeah. If and it's it can, sometimes it can take a so long time. Yeah. Like, well, if, and developers it, would be wise to get that done ahead of time, but many don't, which yeah. is right. silly. And locally, I mean, it, most people that listen to the show are local. I mean, there's such a small percentage of our condos that even qualify for FHA locally right. sure. that you're not even really I, almost going to run into that at all. It used to be units like uh, Skypoint and other things, but I don't even, I, I could be wrong, but I don't think they qualify anymore. I would imagine so. Skypoint probably wouldn't, um, no. just for the price points. You yeah, know, the, yeah. The they've risen would, to the point past yeah, the, the FHA the, limits. The yeah. pricing is so, so high, so, the limits. you know, the moral of the story is uh, don't assume that condos can go for the same low down payments as homes. 
And number two, uh, FHA is working towards rectifying some of that to make it a little bit easier for certain condo communities. And, and that could help the condo market. Um, you know, I've, I've been a believer that the condo market's been undervalued in some parts of Tampa Bay for a while, but but it's it's undervalued because of the inability to get financing. Yep. And hopefully this will be right. relief for that. So we appreciate you tuning in and um, we hope you have an awesome holiday Memorial Day weekend. Hope you're enjoying time with your family. We appreciate you stopping in on your uh, holiday weekend and, and checking us out to learn a little bit more about the real estate market and uh, have a great rest of your day, Tampa Bay. The preceding program was paid for by the Duncan Duo at Remax Dynamic. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.